Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Rachel Harris has it. One of the craziest plays in NFL history, the immaculate reception. Franco Harris on the deflection, running it in in a playoff game. And we got the news this morning that Franco Harris had passed away, Hall of Famer. And one of our fa- one of our favorites, I tried to anoint Phil Lawson as my clear-cut favorite Pittsburgh Steelers fan today, and then Christian reminded me that Joe Franklin's also a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I just haven't talked to Joe about the Steelers in so long because they haven't really been relevant. So, uh, but I definitely put them both above Jeff Allen and many others. And then I just found out Justin Moore's what big Steelers fan. Jeff Allen, man? A lot of things. I don't even know where to begin. Um, <laughs> anyway, I got nothing against Phil Olsen. I love him. He's on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. He's out in sunny San Diego getting ready for... Uh, Sitting by the pool. Probably. I don't know. Phil, where are you? I'm on a 15-floor balcony outside my room overlooking the pool and overlooking the San Diego Harbor. So you were close. Uh. That's nice. Hey, listen, I don't begrudge you. It's really a terrible life. This is really just an awful life. Justin, if you want, you can just anoint me your favorite um, native Pittsburgh Steeler fan, because I know Joe's not from Pittsburgh and Jeff is not. Or you can just go your favorite Jewish Steeler uh, (laughs) fan, too, because I'm probably the only one of those you know. Yes, that's true. You get both of those, for sure. Um, By the way, happy Hanukkah, my friend. So it's good to have you on. Thanks for making a minute for us. Um, Thank you as well, so, Sorry, I can't make festivus. Yeah, I know. I hate that. So give me some thoughts on Franco Harris as a lifelong Steeler fan. He's larger than life. I, mean, I, I was born in 1977, and, you know, my birthday is January 14th. They, they beat the Cowboys in the Super Bowl for the second time on January 14th. Hmm. That was my second birthday. I remember that party. One of my earliest memories. Sorry, Wes. Uh, Franco, Franco was larger than life. And he, he was, it's so interesting to see like where a lot of those great Steelers went and what they tried to do after their career ended. You know, we remember Franco didn't finish his career with the Steelers because there was a contract dispute. I think it was eight games with Seattle before he retired in 1984, but he never really left Pittsburgh and he, he didn't go looking for fame. You know, he didn't go running for office, uh, (laughs) You know, Lynn Sw- all of these great Steelers are beloved in the city of Pittsburgh, but they all kind of left the city in, a, in, in some way. Terry Bradshaw, you know, he went and did what he does. Mm-hmm. Lynn Swan uh, was a businessman, but had a lot of other things to do, including running for governor in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, you know, th- there's so many more instances of, of some of these great Steelers that went on and kind of left the city. Um, Franco never left. He started businesses in the city. He wasn't looking for fame, but he always, you know, he, he, I, I don't think I ever met him, but I was in crowds that were around him, and he was truly adored. Um, so, I mean, he's a folk hero. And, uh, and it really was shocking today. Like, I had no idea. I don't know what happened. 
I don't know what happened. I don't know if he was sick or, or what. This just kind of yeah, came sh- out of nowhere. Yeah, they were showing on uh, ESPN. People were what the the beat writer that's always on ESPN was interviewing him yesterday. Uh, Mike and the Mad Dog, that guy. Yeah, not a Mad Dog. He was interviewing interviewing him yesterday, and so it was obviously it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, we've had a couple I mean, of those recently, yeah. obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that can happen, even to people that look that, that seem to be healthy. Uh, I mean, I don't know what, what Franco's history was like in that case, but, you know, I mean, he, uh, he, he he's going to be missed. And I think uh, especially when something comes out of left field like this, you don't have a chance to, you know, go through your mind and what, you know, how people will feel about it. It's, it's just it's, yeah. I mean, I think we've all experienced that in our lives. with somebody that's really close to you um, right there. But, I mean, the whole city of Pittsburgh is going to grieve over this. It's, it's going to be difficult for, the, for not just Steelers fans, but, I mean, he meant a lot to the city. Uh, let's move on to Arkansas's women. We're talking to Phil Elson on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, and the Razorbacks finally lost their first game, now 13-1 after an 85-78 decision to Oregon out in San Diego. And this was a game that they were in great shape through three quarters and really into the fourth quarter, and then ended up getting blitzed in the fourth quarter. I don't know where 30 ranks as far as the amount of points given up in a quarter this season, Phil, but I've got to guess it's towards the top for the Arkansas women. Yeah, they played good defense this year, Justin. I just, um, you know, Mike Mike said he thought that maybe they, they I don't think maybe, they did. They ran out of gas a little. I think, you know, in order to outscore a team like Oregon that was one of the highest scoring teams in the country for the first 32 minutes of play, I think uh, they they expended quite a bit of energy. And then shots just stopped falling. Um, you know, and, and, and I think this is a team that they, they don't, they don't have to be, you know, such a big-time three-point shooting team as they have in previous years. But I think there's a couple of players that they might need to be able to start getting those shots to fall again because that's an offensive strength of theirs. Um, you know, Samara Spencer has become one of the most exciting players in the SEC. She scores at all three levels. Michaela Daniels does the same thing. Aaron Barnum did the same thing yesterday, scoring from – behind the three-point line, and, and also getting inside. But what they missed were makes from long range from Chrissy Carr and from Sailor Poffenbarger. And I know for Sailor it's been really difficult. I think they combined to go two for 11 in the game. Um, she's, done, she's an incredible player. She beats up. She re, she's a tough girl. Rebound. I mean, like nobody's business. But offensively, she's been really hot or cold. And, and Carr is really a three-point specialist. Um, and when her shot's not falling, um, you know, they got to find something from somewhere else. And, and that all just kind of disappeared in the last, you know, six, seven minutes. And Oregon's really good. They got out and ran. Uh, Arkansas made some mistakes on turnovers that they hadn't made, you know, throughout the game. It just, it just felt like one of those, like, eight-minute stretches where, Wow, what just happened? Yeah, <laughs> you're playing so well, and all of a sudden, boom. Well, the perimeter defense, you know, just statistically speaking, I don't want a game, obviously, but uh, perimeter defense was good. Two of five, zero of three, one of three in the first three quarters from three, and then they make five out of nine from long range mm-hmm. in the uh, fourth quarter. Hey, what's going on with uh, Wolfenbarger? She was sick yesterday. Uh, okay, from what I was told, she she just she slept through the entire game at the hotel. Mm. Uh, so. 
they're they're hoping she's available today. But she's on the trip, and you know she she would have been out there yesterday, no doubt. I've been impressed, Phil, with Erin Barnum and just the way she's developed over her career at Arkansas. Well, Wes, she's healthy now. You know, last year she started off really hot, um, and the knee injury that caused her to miss, I think it was eight games, you know, that, that really, when an injury like that happens in the middle of the season, and it's not just a tweak, you know, it's something that's, you know, that, that's semi-major, you, you don't come back as the same player after that, but she is that player right now. Um, the thing about Aaron that is, that I'm not sure that people have seen before is that she did it yesterday. Oregon just dared her to shoot three-pointers, and she did, and she hit them. Hmm. She would have had a fourth, but she, um, she had her foot on the line. Um, but she has uh, – I mean, Aaron can handle the ball. She's one of those players that can, that can outfight a six-foot-four forward for a rebound on the defensive end and then take it down the floor you know, and actually go coast-to-coast. Um, for a while, she led the nation in free throw attempts, um, and and that's not just from you know trying to stick back offensive rebounds. She's got some moves in the lane too, and she's become. I wouldn't say she's a focal point of their offense because there is no one player that is. But there are definitely moments where they find a mismatch with Aaron on somebody, and they take advantage of that. Yeah, I've noticed their their scoring is so, and it seems like every game it's somebody else stepping up, and it's very. Uh, uh, I'd say the the averages are pretty close to each other. So it, late game situation, need a basket. Who who's going to get the ball for them? I think right now it's either uh, Samara Spencer or Michaela Daniel, and right now it's probably Spencer. The girl is fearless, and it's not just a little fluke. You know, she got over the last six games, she's averaging twenty two points. She's dropping it. She's hit. the weird thing, and she 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 started hitting some free throws yesterday. I think she was seven of ten at the foul line. She's one of those players that you don't understand how this happens. It's all mental. She's a better three point shooter than she is foul shooter, and has been for the entire season. Um, she's been nailing it from outside, and I mean way outside sometimes. And when you challenge her three point shots, she is so quick she'll beat you off the bounce. And if somebody's there to cut her off, she finds someone who's open. She's a multifaceted offensive player, and uh, the girl is fearless. She will. She doesn't care how hard she hits the floor because she's going to get back up. But when the free throws start falling, those that twenty-two points a game over the last six, honestly, could get up to thirty. And she was three rebounds short of a triple double yesterday. Mm. I mean, for somebody that's not even six feet tall. Yeah. It's crazy, uh, and so she 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 she's really something. So I think they'd look to her right now. Talking to Phil Olson on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, voice of Arkansas's women's basketball team, and obviously the baseball program as well. The matchup today, South Florida, and I guess we were sort of hoping for the number three Ohio State Buckeyes against Arkansas's women, but instead you're going to get a South Florida team that nearly knocked off a number three team in the country yesterday, and it took overtime for Ohio State to escape with a victory. Any thoughts on the matchup? Have you had a chance to scout them much? I just hope I can say some of their last names, to be honest, Justin. This is this might as well. You remember when Florida International played in the yes. Sun Belt against UALR? You'd be like, all right, they have a they have, the pronunciation guide is longer than the menu at the concession stand. I remember the dance uh, team more than I remember anything else. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too when they would uh, come out into into uh, the old Summit Arena. 
But uh, it's an international team. Um, they're built much differently than any team that will play this year. Uh, their best player is a six foot four forward from Cameroon. Zelsi Menjanao is how you say her name. Uh, she's averaging a double double. She's uh, she can't shoot from the outside, but she can handle the rock. Um, and and she scored thirty four yesterday, going in overtime against Ohio State. But uh, they look like a team that's a little more of a slower pace than Arkansas, and they'll probably need to accentuate that since they went into overtime less than twenty four hours ago against the you know the third ranked team in the country. But South Florida's good. They're ten and four. They're kind of a perennial NCAA team. They're one of the best programs in the American Conference, and they they have they have a lot of that size and athleticism that I think you'll see in the Southeastern Conference this year. So gotcha. it just really matches up in very much the same way that they've built the schedule throughout the uh, the, the non conference season. This team fits in. Yeah, this I'm looking through their roster now. You mentioned Cameroon, Spain, Canada. Uh, Ohio. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the weird countries. Sweden, yeah. Finland. Ohio Greece. is weird enough. Ohio, Ohio is. is definitely weird enough these days. Yeah, it's yeah. impressive. Finland. Yeah, couple Sweden, couple Spain. Swedes. Yeah, got a girl that played at Ole Miss. That might as well be a foreign country. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Phil, listen, <laughs> I appreciate the heads up on this. We were hoping to be celebrating a win, but uh, I know Coach Neighbors was pretty disappointed from what I read from his comments. Said he'd probably be up last night. After that one, that's a tough one to swallow, giving up 30 points in the fourth quarter and losing. Hopefully they get uh, Jersey back today and can finish a little bit stronger today against South Florida. I think what Mike needs to tell people when he said he'd be up all night is that the two little sons here are on the trip with him. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you've ever seen You've probably seen it on Twitter. It's hilarious. Sure. Mike will tweet at like 1.30 in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning with a, with a three-year-old foot in his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what this is. We all know what this is like. It's just Mike is like, I think he's 53 years old and going through this again for a second time. So it's a double whammy when you, you know, lose a game like that and then you have a three-year-old in bed with you. God bless him. Well, listen, buddy, we yeah. appreciate you. Uh, enjoy it and safe travels during the holidays. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, good to talk to you guys. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.